Welcome to Fuse, every campus across the state as you're getting settled in. Myrtle Beach, Charleston, welcome. Week four of our Wilderness Series. Let me do a couple of things right here at the top. If you're new with us, welcome. Don't wait long. Get in the Fuse group tonight. This summer is going to be amazing. I want to update you guys on a couple of things because I love you and I want what's best for you. I want to let you know a couple of things. One, we have almost 300 more people signed up for Gauntlet right now than we did this time last year. And I'm just constantly, every time I'm up here, I want to give you updates because I'm letting you know if you're dragging your feet, you're going to miss Gauntlet this year. And the reason I say that is because point number two, we've been having some meetings and we're changing Gauntlet up. So if you've been before and you're like, wow, why would I go again? Well, we're changing up a ton of stuff and we're going to do some things that are better and like you've never experienced before and you're going to seriously regret if you miss and don't get signed up. So make sure you do. Other thing I want to say is for a lot of our campuses, not every one of them, but a lot of our campuses, we have spring break coming up. And I just want to make everybody in here aware on every campus, Fuse happens in 14 cities all across the state of South Carolina. So if you're at the coast, we have a campus in Hilton Head that's meeting next Wednesday. We have a campus in Charleston that's meeting next Wednesday. We have a campus in Myrtle Beach that's meeting next Wednesday. And if you want to see your Fuse family across the state, I would encourage you, go say hey to somebody there. Everybody good? All right, we're going to pray and we're going to jump in. I'm going to tell you why we're going to pray. Because I can't preach your heart to a place where it's soft and it'll receive God's word. The Holy Spirit can do it in a second. And in about 27 minutes when I'm done talking, what if God did exactly what we asked him to do tonight and he did nothing? Why would that happen? Because we asked him for nothing. So we're going to take 30 seconds and I'm looking at a clock here. So across the state, I'll let you know when 30 seconds is up. And everybody bow your head. Everybody close your eyes. And I want you to ask God to do something specific for you tonight. Holy Spirit, for the person that asked you to speak to them, I pray that you would speak to them tonight. God, for the person who asked you to reveal yourself to them, to show them that you're real, I pray you'd be real tonight to them. For the person who was asking uh, if, if you would show up and speak to them, that they would give their life to you, God, I pray that you would show yourself to them tonight and that they would give their life to Jesus in about 23 minutes. Holy Spirit, will you come now? Show us Jesus. Make us more like him. In his name we pray. Amen. <clears throat> okay, we're in our wilderness series. And if you've been missing or you haven't been a part, let me catch you up to speed. We started a series called Exodus, which was amazing. Everybody remember Exodus? Wave your hand if you remember Exodus. Say it's okay. We talked about the story of the Israelite people as God worked a bunch of miracles to bring them out of slavery. We talked about how that's our salvation journey. That it, this is not just a three, four thousand year old journey of some, you know, Hebrew people enslaved in a land far away. But this is all of us that were born without the ability to do what God has called us to do. We're enslaved to our feelings and our passions and the things we want, the things we feel. So God works all these miracles, specifically in sending Jesus to come and die for us. And then we, have, we stand at the end of this, this journey out of slavery at this big sea that has to be parted. That represents this massive miracle where God does what only God can do. And the way that the people receive the promises of God, and don't miss this, the way that the people receive the salvation of God is not by standing and levitating across this sea. It's not by just floating miraculously across this body, but it's by going, oh, wow, God has done a miracle. I have to walk. 
So we talked about how God is doing all the miracles and God has done everything. He's done his part, but there is our part to play and God will not do our part for us. So we come to the wilderness because on the outside or on the backside of their slavery journey in Egypt, they get to the desert. And it's like, yay, God, thanks for getting us out of slavery, but we're here in the desert and they're complaining because they're hungry. They're complaining because they're thirsty. They're complaining hello because they're in the desert and they don't have cars. They don't have air conditioning. They don't have any of these things. But we talked about how they needed the desert. They needed the wilderness. They needed a season to unlearn slavery before they could be ready to step into the promised land. We're looking at how this is not just like a, a symbolic, you know, metaphorical journey that they went on that we can learn from, but that this was a real story that really happened, and it has real practical outworkings for us in our journey today. We talked about how when you come to Christ, and some of you are there, some of you are going to be there, some of you are, have been there for a couple of years, you come uh, to Jesus with this understanding of your sin, and what happens is you become aware of like, man, I might not be... Um, I might not just do some bad things. There might actually be something wrong with me because I don't actually like really want to do these bad things, but I find myself doing them still. Like when I'm by myself and I'm thinking my right thoughts and I'm reading, you know, I got some good things going through my mind. I got some good patterns in my life. I still end up doing these wrong things. There might be something really wrong with me. And then you find out there's something really wrong with all of us. And so you, you say, okay, I'm ready to start following Jesus. I want to be baptized. And you stand in front of your friends, maybe some of your family, you get baptized in water baptism. You say, all right, the old me has died with Jesus, but Jesus came back to life. So I'm coming up out of this water. I'm resurrected to new life. I'm ready to go. I'm ready to seriously follow Jesus. And then for so many of us, we find that next season of life, if we took it seriously, if we really made our mind up to follow Jesus, we find that next season to be quite challenging. And so when we get down to being actually honest about where we are, man, the sun's out and it's springtime and life's good and life's fun, and that's kind of like an amazing wave. We need to just ride for a little while because we're coming out of cold weather. You're allowed to just be happy for a little bit. Amen. Praise God. But when we get by ourselves, we realize, man, I really do love Jesus, and I really am in a wilderness season. I really do love God. I really do love what he's doing for me. I really do love Fuse. I really do love my friends. I really do love Jesus. But, man, I really do miss some of the things I used to do before I met Jesus. Because we're not slaves anymore, but we still think like slaves. And we're not, we're not slaves anymore, but we still feel like I used to feel when I was in slavery. And we're not slaves anymore, but I'm not necessarily free. And I'm not necessarily in the place where life is where it should be. And I'm kind of in the middle of this wilderness season where I think I know what's right, but I don't really do it. I think I know what the good thing is, but I still kind of try to hide some of my decisions. And then we get this taste of reality where we realize, man, let's take some of the weight off our shoulders and realize we're all in this wilderness season. We're not in the wrong spot. We're just in progress. We're not off track. We're just in the middle of what God is doing in our lives. But there's some things that are very explicit, that are very obvious, that are very necessary that the Israelites had to learn that we have to learn in this wilderness season that are crucial for us. They're extremely important for you. And I know some of you in here and some of you across the state, you're 12, 13 years old, and like life is pretty good, man. Like life doesn't feel like a wilderness dog. I'm about to hang out at the pool all day, all summer, right? Like that's awesome. Praise God. But some of you very seriously are a few weeks away from graduating high school, and you're going to go to a college where you don't know anybody. And you're going to have to decide how you're going to make a new community. Some of you are getting ready to go to the military or step into the workforce, or some of you are getting ready to go from middle school to high school where all of a sudden you're going to experience peer pressure and social pressure and opportunities to do things you never had the opportunity to do. And the time is now for us to decide if we're going to say yes to this wilderness season or not. You don't have to. You can opt out. I know people that do. 
You know people that do. You'll know people that will. But I would encourage you to say yes to the wilderness for a little bit. It's hot. It's hot in the wilderness. It's hot in the desert. Say yes to the heat. Let the wilderness of God's sanctifying process in all of our lives do its work in us so that when we come to the place where we are ready to step into the promised land, we are ready to say yes, which is where we come to tonight. So if you're taking notes, if you've written this down, rewrite this down, or just remember, here's kind of the point of the series, that salvation sets us free. That giving our life to Jesus and following Jesus, saying yes to Jesus, man, it sets us free. You're no longer a slave to sin. You're no longer a slave to bad habits. You're no longer a slave to the fear in your life. But it's the wilderness season that teaches us how to live free. You're not just called to make a decision. You're called to build a life. You're not just called to say yes to Jesus and have this big emotional response, but we're called to create a context and a culture around us where everything says yes to God. Everything is done his way. Everything falls in line and submits to him. So some of these things we have to learn in the wilderness are this. We talk about how we have to learn provision, God's provision, that God's our provider. These Israelites, when they were a slave for Pharaoh, they didn't get to eat when they want, work where they want, live where they want, do what they want. They had none of that. Their food, they had food, but it came in very sparse portions, and it came when Pharaoh and his workers decided to get food. In this freedom series, in this wilderness season, we have to learn that your God is not your belly. You're not a slave to the things you feel, the things you say, the things you do, the things you want. You get to decide some things. We showed how God came and he, he decided to give like daily bread, manna on the ground every day to teach them. I know you might not be happy with this daily bread, but it's reteaching you how to not let your body tell you what to do all the time. That's extremely prophetic and important for some of y'all going into summer. You're going to dress how you want to at the pool next to some boys who are dressing how they want to at the pool. And you got to decide, is my body going to tell me what to do this summer or am I going to tell my body what it's going to do this summer? Right? This is an extremely practical thing for us. This was bread on the ground for them, but you got to decide because it's, almost, it's, it's about to be Instagram season and Snap season and hello, this girl is beautiful or hello, this guy is super cute season. And you have to decide right now, am I going to say yes to wilderness and tell my body what it's going to do for the next few months until everybody gets cold and puts their clothes back on? Or am I just going to wake up tomorrow and I'm going to do whatever I feel like doing? I'm going to do whatever my body feels. I'm going to do whatever my mind says to do. No, come on. In this freedom wilderness series, you're learning. God's plan for you is to learn to think like a free man and a free woman. And you got to learn this now. Because you'll meet 40, 50, 60-year-old people that are still just doing whatever their body tells them to do. They never learned this lesson. you got to learn it now. They didn't just learn provision that God's my provider and God's way is the best way. But we learn and they had to learn, like we have to learn, God's presence. In a very tangible way, and I know this is it's kind of maybe a new teaching to you, but there's going to be more and more and more of this in our culture. You were created to carry the presence of God with you. They had to learn what this meant. We introduced the idea of this tabernacle, sneak peek, come back next week, you're going to get something you've never gotten before, it fused, you're going to get wrecked by the presence of God, but... What I'm trying to say is you have to learn what it means to carry God with you everywhere. C come on, because we're talking about things like, you know, you don't know your body's the temple now. And so it's like, man, because again, if we read the Bible and we read the story, it's like there were people, then there was a temple, God was in the temple, and wow. You know, like when they took the presence of God somewhere, like, like bad people died, and like, People got tumors and like, like crazy stuff happened when they got around the presence of God and they weren't supposed to be there. And now 
Jesus shows up, and, and he kind of rewrites the story. He says, now you carry the presence of God wherever you go. We've got to learn how to deal with that. We've got to learn what that means. We've got to learn how to be people who carry the presence of God. Hey, you've got to learn how to be somebody that introduces the world around you to heaven. We've got to grow in that. This is a bigger thing than just, hey, don't make bad decisions on spring break. You know, Christianity is more than that. Following Jesus is more than just being in the South where you hear, hey, do the right things. Go to a good college. Marry a pretty girl. Get a good job. Stay on the other side. You know, it's way more than that. You have the ability to introduce the world around you to heaven. You have the ability to carry the peace of God with you wherever you go. To bring peace to your home. Bring healing to the world around you. You have that ability. We have to learn here in this wilderness season as God strips away the things that we thought we needed and adds to us the things that we actually do need, we got to learn how to carry the presence of God with us. This is why your words matter. Because your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit and he don't want to say some of those words. This is why the eyes that you decide to put on certain things, that's why you have to reorient your brain to make better decisions because God don't want to look at those things. Right? This is, a, this is a new orientation. And we can kind of take some of the pressure off because we don't have to pretend like we're somebody we're not. We're all in this wilderness series. So side note, if you're somebody that likes to pretend like you're perfect, we all know who you really are. Give it up. You're only fooling yourself. The rest of us know. But pretending like we're somewhere we're not doesn't help us get there. And pretending like it doesn't matter also doesn't help us get there. We got to pick one foot up, put it in front of the other, and start making moves here in the wilderness. We got to learn who we are. We got to learn who God's called us to be. Which brings us to tonight. We learn in this wilderness, we learn about God's provision. We learn that some of you guys, this is where we got into this last week. Some of y'all need to know God's going to take care of you. You don't have to act the way you do. Some of you girls don't have to have a different boyfriend every couple weeks. God's got you. Relax. Some of you guys don't have to just keep pretending like you're some big, strong guy that fits in everywhere. You can just be scared for a little while. God's got you. Relax. Just be you. Be free. Let God change you and grow you. We learn God's presence. Tonight, we're going to talk about God's promises. We're going to talk about the promises of God. Because one of the things they had to learn when they were in the wilderness season, and one of the things that we've got to learn in this season, is that you have to have something that anchors you and guides you. You have to have something that outsways and outweighs every bit of decision-making that you're going to make. When you don't know how to find north, when you don't know how to climb your way out of whatever, you've got to have something. And I would tell you, if you decide right now that the overarching theme of my life and what I'm going to put my hope in and build my life on is the promises of God, you will do well for yourself. The Bible is filled with over 7,000 promises that are true for you in Christ. 7,000. But we walk around asking why isn't God doing blank? And why isn't God doing blank? And where is God? And how is, and we start asking all these questions and we don't even open the Bible and see, hey, what has God promised to give to me? What did God say I get? And so we're going to look at it because we're coming to the end of this wilderness series, even though all of us are kind of just in the beginning of this wilderness season of our life. And we're going to pick up the story after 40 years of these people going through the desert. 400 years of slavery, okay, some people die, a new generation comes by, they get in the desert, they're there for 40 years, another generation dies off, Moses, their leader, dies off, there's a new man, a guy named Joshua, who was kind of Moses' assistant, and he's now appointed by God to kind of do what Moses did for a little bit, but to a new level, he is appointed and anointed by God to take all of these people, lead them from this wilderness and from this desert, across the Jordan, into the promised land. 
They had sent out some spies to go and look at this land. Joshua and Caleb. And they go see this land. And they come back and they're like, man, there's giants over there. Big giants. The land is beautiful. The food looks amazing. There's milk and honey and giant grapes and cattle and beautiful villages and houses. Man, this would be a sweet place to live. But the people are huge. And I don't know how we're going to do this. And this is, look, this is extremely important because this is, your, this is your future here. That there are seasons for you of abundance. There is a, a great marriage for you, a great career for you. There is a wonderful college season for you. There are amazing things ahead of us young people, but there's giants there. There's food there for you. There is provision there for you. There is blessing there for you. There is rest there for you. But there are giants in this land and there are enemies that we're going to have to learn to take that we're going to have to learn how to receive God's promises and step into what he has for us if you want to experience the blessing of this promised land. So we have to learn to bank and live our lives on the promises of God. So let's read this part of the story real fast, and I'm going to look at a particular promise, and then we're going to pray, and we're going to do some, some special stuff tonight. Okay, if you have a Bible, turn to Joshua chapter 1, verse 1 through 9. So they come to the end of this wilderness series season at the the end of this like wilderness time period these 40 years it says after the death of Moses the servant of the Lord the Lord says to Joshua the son of Nun Moses's assistant Joshua Moses my servant is dead now therefore arise go over this Jordan River you and all these people into the land that I'm giving to them to the people of Israel listen to this every place that the sole of your foot will tread upon I've given to you just as I promised to Moses from the wilderness and this Lebanon, as far as the great river, the river Euphrates, all the land of the Hittites to the great sea toward the going down of the sun shall be your territory. No man shall be able to stand before you all the days of your life. Think about that. Come on. No man will be able to stand before you all the days of your life. Wow. Just as I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I'll not leave you or forsake you. So be strong and be courageous. Look at this. For you're going to cause this people to inherit the land that I swore to their fathers to give them. Only be strong, very courageous. Be careful to do according to all of the law that Moses, my servant, commanded you. Do not turn from it, not to the right or to the left. Why? Because I want you to have good success wherever you go. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth but you shall meditate on it day and night so that you can be careful to do according to all that is written. For then you will make your way prosperous and you will have good success. Have I not commanded you, be strong and courageous. Don't be scared, don't be dismayed, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. So pick up on this real fast. Joshua is, has a million or so people that are waiting on him to get a word from God and he gets this word from God, and God says, Joshua, Moses is dead. So I need you to take a deep breath. I need you to go across this Jordan River. I need you to cause these people to inherit everything that I promised to give to their fathers and their fathers' fathers and theirs. Okay? So you got generation after generation after generation waiting for this promise and to receive what God is getting ready to do. And then you get Joshua, and his command is this. Hey, be strong and don't be scared. I'm with you every single, way that, every single place that you go, I'm with you. Every single place that your foot touches is going to be yours. In this wilderness season, 
One of the things that we have to do is we have to learn to get to know God and to trust God because at some point you have to bank on God and you have to get moving. Listen, at some point, young man and young woman, you're going to have to decide, I'm going to build my life on the promises of God and I'm going to go into this promised land because I know God is with me. He's never going to leave me. He's never going to forsake me. He's with me. Some of you are getting ready to go on spring break. I know some of you campuses, you already had spring break and we'll pray for you. Hopefully you did a great job. You didn't make any regrets. You know, you have more memories, more fun than regrets. But listen to me. Some of you guys need to decide right now because you think I'm playing and you think it's funny. But every year, we're 15 years into doing student ministry here. We've had a whole bunch of teenagers come through the student ministry, and it's amazing. Every single year, here's what happens. You got kids, I've been coming to Fuse, man. I'm doing the right thing. Everything's kind of good. But you're not at the point where you're ready to make a decision to build your life on the promises of God. You just think, it'll just click for me at some point. It'll just ha- I don't have to do anything. At some point, it'll just make sense, and then I'll do it. And then what happens is you get in a place, you get in a situation, you get in a season where you're around people who are intentionally not deciding anything, and you find yourself doing things, saying things, being a part of things that you never would have decided intentionally to be a part of because you didn't make your mind up when you were not there to do and build your life on the promises of God. And then you come back, and then we have three months of care conversations trying to work through regrets that you didn't think you'd actually have, that you will have if you don't build your life on the promises of God. I'm telling you, we, we do this every single year. You come back, and there's a girl who you thought you were just going to go down there, you're just going to hang out. I'm not going to do anything or be, I'm, not, I'm just going to be there. I just want to be there. I don't want to be lonely. I just want to be there. I don't want to be in the wilderness. I just want to be a part of everything. I'm not going to do anything bad. And then you stop coming to Fuse for four months because you can't stop thinking about the bad decisions you made. It just spirals. And then it's just bad decision after bad decision because you don't make your mind, I'm going to build my life on the promises of God. I'm going to ruin it for all of us. You ready? Whatever you're going to do for spring break, God's not leaving you. He's with you there. it It will reorient your decision making abilities if you walk in a room and people are partying and you go, crap, God's here. You think I'm playing. You walk into a room or, hey, guys, you get in a situation with a girl late at night over spring break or over the summer. You know things aren't going well. Just remind yourself, man, I'm glad God showed up. This could have gotten bad. Glad God got here. You got to make decisions to build your life on the promises of God. You have to actively do it. He shows up to Joshua and he says, look, man. Everybody that stands against you is going to die. Every enemy that comes against you is going to die. But you got to be strong. And you got to have some courage, man. He didn't show up and say, I'm going to give you all of the instructions. He said, I've already given you the instructions. You already know what to do. Now you got to be strong. Well, the good news is Jesus came. When you gave your life to Christ, the Holy Spirit wrote the law of God on your heart. You already have everything you need. You got to be strong, man you got to take some courage about you. The time is coming for all of us to step into this season where we are. I'm in this wilderness season, but in this wilderness season, I'm orienting myself. I'm aligning myself with the promises of God. And I'm a 14-year-old young man, and when I'm 30 years old, I'm going to have, I'm going to be living in a house I didn't build. I'm going to be eating grapes that I didn't plant. I'm going to be in my promised land, and I'm going to be grateful that 14-year-old me just built on whatever promises he knew. 
Some of you young ladies are going to be in the hospital giving birth to your baby, standing beside the man that you never could have imagined in a million years. You're going to be grateful that 13-year-old you decided you were going to bank on promises and not feelings. Some of you are going to get into the season of life where you are so lost, you don't know which way is north. You don't know which way is up, which way is out. You don't have a clue what you're doing. And all you're going to have is the promises of God. You're going to move away for work. You're going to move away for college. You're going to go live somewhere else this summer or travel, go on vacation or do something. And you're going to have one thing with you, and it's the promises of God. He's never going to leave you. He's never going to forsake you. You're never going to open your eyes one morning and God not be there. It reorients your thinking. There's no dorm room you can go to where God's not there. There's no football camp you can attend where God's not there. There's no camper at Ocean Lakes where God's not there. There's nowhere. God's never going to leave you. Never going to forsake you. You're patiently waiting on you to decide you're going to build your life on the promises of God. Which is good news for us. Because the Bible says in 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 20, it says this. Look at this verse. All the promises of God are yes in Jesus. Which means everything that God wants to give you, the answer is yes in Christ. So here's my question. God has said yes to you. But you don't get his yes unless you give him yours. The answer to all of the promises of God, all of the peace, the joy, the abundance, the, the, the blessing that you want, more than you could ever ask or imagine, a better life, John 10, 10 life, that he has come to, have, to give you life and life to the full. It is yes in Jesus. Do you and will you have the faith to give God your yes in the wilderness? To say, I know it's dry out here. I know I'm a long time into just eating this bread every morning. And I, can, I keep dreaming that it's something else. But it's still bread and it's still this. But I'm going to eat it. And you know what? Here we go. We're going into the promised land. Let's go. I know everything I need to know. I got everything I need to have. I'm going to be strong and I'm going to be courageous. And you pick up your feet. You start walking. And you go. And you'll realize in just a couple of months, in just a couple of years, every season that comes along. Nobody says yes for you. Nobody says yes for you. But if you'll just say yes, God will do more in your life you could ever imagine. You won't even, you won't believe me. If, I, if God played a movie right now, instead of playing all the bad things that you've done, if there was a movie playing right now for all of the things that your life is going to turn out, all of the things that are going to happen that are good for you, that are blessings for you. Because God says that everything works together for the good of those who love God. If there was a movie playing of the way your life's going to turn up, if you'll just say yes to God over the next 30, 40, 50 years, you wouldn't believe it. I promise you. Reverse, if I was to play a movie for you of the way your life will turn out in 40 years, if you keep saying no to God and yes to whatever you want to do, you wouldn't believe it. It, it, it's, it's, it is an exact, it is a self-fulfilling prophetic statement about your life. If I say yes to God, he says yes to me, to an abundant life for me. It's that easy. But I don't just say yes to him once in the fourth grade when I feel like I need to get saved and get baptized so my mom will be proud of me. 
But I say yes to God right now. I say yes to God tomorrow. I say yes to God in every season of my life. I say yes to God. In this wilderness season where I don't, I'm I'm 15 years old and all I really know is what I feel because holy moly, I feel some strong things. Right? Like, I'm not discrediting that. I remember what it's like to be 15, 16 years old and to just feel like a walking feeling, like a feeling with legs. Like, I know that. That's why you got to decide. You got to decide. So here's what we're going to do. We're going to take a couple minutes at every single campus, and we're going to sing a song called No Longer Slaves. And here's the deal. Here's what appropriate response looks like for you. Put your phone up. Put your notes down. Don't touch anybody. There's some words in this song that I want you to pay attention to. And there's the, the bridge of this song says this. You split the sea so I could walk right through it. Now, when you sing this song, if you're one of the people that's saying yes to Jesus and you're actually walking through the waters that he has parted for you, and you're saying yes to his promises, and you're in the wilderness, and you're trying your best, even though you're not very good at following Jesus, but you're trying your best, that part of this song is powerful. And if you're not, and this whole thing is just kind of a joke to you, then when you sing that, it looks silly. Because it looks like, you split the sea so I could stand over here in Egypt and be excited with my friends. Nothing drowned in the water because I didn't move anywhere because I just wanted to do what I wanted forever. It's, this song is it's, it's nothing or it is massive. And so if you want to sing, you sing. But if you want to sit there and you want to reckon with the reality of this song and whether or not you actually believe it, I would encourage that. And then after that, I'm going to come back out and we're going to have a chance for an invitation where I'm going to ask you, Over the next few minutes, ask God for some courage because some of you are going to need to move in the next couple minutes. You need to make a decision. We're going to have a time tonight for you to make a big boy, big girl decision. So let me pray. We'll sing this song, and then I'll be back out. Will you bow your head and close your eyes? God, I pray right now, I feel like most people that are at Fuse tonight, God, really are trying their best in this wilderness season. They want to know you. They want to hear from you. They want to walk closely with you. They love you the best they can, the best they know how to right now. So, God, what I'm asking is that over the next few minutes that you would flood their heart, flood their mind, flood their soul with the reality of what you have done for them, that they would see the waters parting miraculously over their life, that that the courage, the strength that they need, God, that they would feel it just flow into their body. That we would celebrate that we're not slaves anymore. And we would learn to live in this wilderness season like free men and free women. In Jesus' name. All right. So I want you, I want you to just grab a seat real fast. We're going to do something. You ready? You ready to be strong, courageous? It's, if... It's as easy as it's going to be to be a Christian at Fuse. Can't do it here. If you can't follow Jesus here, if you can't have some strength and some courage here, it's going to be really hard at the beach with people who don't care. So here's what the invitation is tonight. Every campus. There's room on your auditorium. There's space up here. If you're ready, if you're serious about building your life on the promises of God, 
about stepping into the wilderness season and stepping into the promised land, not with everything figured out, but with a serious commitment, a serious commitment to build your life on the promises of God. And I want to turn the lights up at every campus a little bit. And with everybody looking around, go ahead and look around. Go ahead and see the people that you're getting ready to do something in front of. Go ahead and see them. Look at them. Your friends, your peers. Come on, look at the people you don't want to look at because you know you're going to be tempted to do bad stuff with them later tonight. Look at them. Look at them. They're the ones that matter right here. Okay, if you're serious about building your life on the promises of God, you're ready to do this. Then I want you to stand to your feet right now in front of everybody. Don't clap, don't clap, don't clap, don't clap. It'll encourage people that aren't serious. Don't clap. Nobody's going to clap for you tonight when that girl texts you at 1 o'clock in the morning. Nobody's going to clap for you when you go to the beach and all your friends start drinking and you know it's wrong and you decide not to. Nobody's going to clap for you. Nobody's going to clap for you when that guy sends you a DM this week. Nobody's going to clap for you except for Jesus. And if you build your life on the promises of God, you will learn that when he claps for you, it's all you need. All right, if you're standing on your campus, I want you to come down here in front of everybody. Yes, yes. If this many people are serious, if this many people start building your life on the promises of God, if you take it this seriously, it will change your life and your school. This is for leaders. This is for other students. I'm going to press right here because there's more of you that need to do this and you want to do this and you genuinely want to and you're just scared and you need to get strong right now. You need to get courageous. You need to come down front. Just get up in the middle of everybody. Thank God. Come on. You're ready to build your life on the promises of God. I don't care what my friends think about me. I don't care that my girlfriend's here at Fuse. And I know we've been making bad decisions. I don't care. I'm building my life on the promises of God. I'm not going to bow my knee right now to peer pressure. You don't have to be perfect. I'm not asking you to be perfect. I'm not asking you to come down here because you got your merit badge and you've read the Bible every day this week. That's not what I'm asking. I'm saying if you're serious, you're ready to build your life on the promises of God. You move right now. Powdersville, Clemson, Charleston, Greenwood. If, you're, if you want to build your life on the promises of God. Your heart is beating right now. You're sitting beside somebody that you think is going to think you're a liar and a hypocrite. You need to move anyway. We're all liars and hypocrites. The, the opportunity is to be better tomorrow. Not to, not to just be perfect all of a sudden. Yes, 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 yes. Say, I don't know what this means, but I'm building my, my relationship Tonight, some of you girls are here, and you just need to say, you know what? I don't care how many mistakes I've made. I don't care how many times we've done the wrong thing. I'm making this decision tonight, and starting tonight at 8.15, I'm building our relationship on the promises of God. So I got control over the next 10 minutes of my life, so I'm going to do the best I can then. Come on, anybody else? Say, come on, I'm ready to build my life on the promises of God. Anybody else? I don't want to pressure anybody else. I just want you to know, if you feel like you're supposed to move, I want to encourage you to move and come down here. All right. If you're down here, I want you to look at me. I want you to know how serious you need to be about this. 
Right now, it's really awesome. It's really easy. We're going to sing a song in a minute, and I don't want you to move. I want you to sing down here while everybody's looking at you. But here's the deal. I want you to be just as serious about it, so serious about it, that when your friend goes through your phone while you're not looking and finds that you've been talking about some things you shouldn't have been talking about, you're just as serious about it then. You know what I'm saying? Like right now is powerful. Tomorrow morning is way more powerful. Next week, way more powerful. So I want you, I'm going to pray for everybody that's up here that's standing. I'm going to pray. Here's what I'm going to pray. You ready? I'm going to pray that you would be strong, that you would be courageous, and that you would do exactly what you know is right to do. That you would build your life on the promises of God. That those of you who are in here who are making big boy and big girl decisions and those of you who are getting ready to, that you would build the habit of making the promises of God the foundation of everything that you do. Everything else is going away. And the reason the lights are on, the reason that people are looking at you is because way more people want what you're getting ready to step into. The challenge, the difficulty, the struggle, but the provision of God, the presence of God with you wherever you go, the promises of God keeping you afloat when you feel like you're getting ready to sink, they are going to make you stand out like a sore thumb. This could ruin your high school year next year for those of you who are getting ready to go into high school. This could really, 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 really be bad for those of you who had plans of being cool and popular next year. This could really hurt those of you who are hoping to date that cute guy and you didn't care that he wasn't a Christian. This is going to tear that up. I'm just letting you know now. If you're, I, I'm, I'm serious. If you're serious about this, this reorients all of your decision making. And I'm not saying it's going to get better as you go through high school. It might get way worse. College might be a nightmare for you for a couple of years. But if you will do this, if you will be serious about building your life on the promises of God, you will reap the benefits of eternal life. And it's worth every second. So if you're down here and you're serious, I want you to just stand like this. I want you to, I want you to receive something right now. If you love Jesus, if you've given your life to Christ, you have the Holy Spirit living inside of your body. I'm going to pray that you get filled with him right now. He's filling you up. I'm going to pray you get a double, triple portion. Because you're going to need him when you get in the desert. You're going to need him. Young men, you're going to need him. You're not strong enough to not make mistakes. But you are strong enough to listen to God and do what he says. So, Father, I just pray right now for every young man, every young woman standing at every campus who is saying, I'm ready to build my life on the promises of God. I'm ready to build my relationships. I'm ready to build the way I treat my boyfriend or my girlfriend, the way I talk to my mom and dad, the way my friends and I hang out. I'm ready to do that built on the promises of God. I pray right now, Holy Spirit, you'd come and you'd fill their life. I pray for all the strength of the Spirit to fill from the top of their head to the bottom of their feet, that they would feel the power of God flow through their body that allows them to make decisions that honor and glorify God. I pray for the Holy Spirit to come and fill you with all the courage you need to tell the devil that he's not laying hold of your future anymore. I pray for all the strength you need to trust God when nobody's there to clap for you or celebrate you. I pray for all the faith you need to walk one step at a time because that's all you're going to get. Holy Spirit, will you bless them with courage and strength and power. 
Will you tune their ears to hear your voice? Will you tune their heart to be in step with your spirit? Will you allow their quiet times to be filled with them experiencing the pleasure that you have over them for doing the right thing? Not with shame for messing up. We're all going to mess up. But I pray, God, that tomorrow morning when they get up to seek your face, they'd find it quickly and they'd fill it fully. For a new blessing of quiet times and a new blessing of prayer times, a new blessing of worship times for these young men and these young women, that they would step into a new degree of your presence in their their personal life. God, I pray that as they pray for people, that they would see people saved, they would see people healed, that they would see the kingdom of heaven invade where they go, not because they're perfect, but because they're willing to take a chance, because they're saying yes to building their life on the promises of God, that they would empty themselves of what they think they need so that they could receive fully everything that they would have never asked for, but is perfectly aligned to give them eternal life. God, we bless you. In Jesus' name, amen.